Support for On Being with Krista Tippett comes from the Fetzer Institute, helping build the spiritual foundation for a loving world. Fetzer's new study, What Does Spirituality Mean to Us?, reveals how spirituality informs our understanding of ourselves and each other and inspires us to take action for the common good. Explore these findings and more at spiritualitystudy.org. I'm Krista Tippett. Up next, my unedited conversation with the late, remarkable Archbishop Desmond Tutu. There is, as always, a shorter produced version of this wherever you found this podcast. Otherwise, they're going to make you stand in the corner. They will make me stand in the corner. Yeah. Where do you, Archbishop, where do you travel to on Monday? Is it going to be San Francisco. Oh. Yeah. It, it probably will be slightly warmer. Although we were in uh, Florida and, and uh, it was uncharacteristically cold, uh, we were in Fort Lauderdale and uh, yeah, it wasn't, it was, it was, uh, they said, well, we've come to Florida and uh, we have to wear jerseys. What? You may stay here if you want to, wherever you'd like to be. Oh, when when do we when do we start? We can start as soon as we're ready. Yeah. So if, if you're I'll feeling ready, Krista. we'll get Krista. And... Okay. It'll be a good idea. <laughs> There's water here for you. Thank you. Now why now why does she rate? Uh, uh, dried fruit and I not. She, she will story. answer that question for you. She Oh, there we. I I can't stand because I've got a uh, a, an obstruction here, but there we go. (laughs) And I notice. I mean, you've got a glass of water. I've got a glass of water. (laughs) But then you have dried fruit. And that's for you. Why Why do you rate dried fruit and I not? I brought this for you because oh, you your be- office told us that you love dried mangoes. Oh, oh you beautiful thing. Oh, <laughs> you are a star. <laughs> <laughs> can, we, can we say a prayer first? Yes, please. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of thy faithful people and kindle in them the fire of thy love. Send forth thy spirit and they shall be made and thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Amen. Amen. You don't know it, but I've been trailing you for years, waiting for this moment. So, <laughs> I was with some Episcopalians last week, and including Brenda Hassan, and I think you were you just yes, at St. We James? Yes, St. James's, yes. They said, they asked me this question, people always ask me, who's the person in the world you'd most like to interview? And I always said, Desmond Tutu, and I'm getting him in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, you know, I did um, 
several years ago, we did a beautiful show on Truth and Reconciliation with Charles Villavicencio and Pumla mm. Gaboda Madagazela, which was just fantastic. But this was... Uh, it was right as the commission was ending. It was in the early... Yeah, 98. 1998. Or maybe something, the reparations documents were coming out. It wasn't that long ago. It was maybe, oh. 2000, maybe 2001, 2003. 2000. Yes. Was, 2003 some... was about when, um, I mean, the... Something had just... Our government were, they, they were incredibly lousy, I mean, in, in their response. Yeah, right. but it would have been about mm -hmm. 2003. I think that's when it was. Mm. Um, I want to ask, before we start, how you... I want to hear you say apartheid. Do you say apartheid or apartheid? Apartheid. All right. And do you say uh, Hosa, Hosa, Hosa? Oh. <laughs> I, can't, I can do almost anything, but I can't. <laughs> All right. I'll, oh. I'll say Hosa and you say it correctly. Yeah, well, I mean, actually, you are very close. All right. Yeah, Hosa. All right. I mean, if you say that quickly, mm -hmm. they, they just might miss out. All right. That uh, you, you didn't get the click. Yeah. Are your teeth in place? Well, where should they be? <laughs> because we, with uh, quite a few of the this the, the, this one is a dental clip. Where are you? Sit. Oh. Right there. The tongue tongue is against. Cosa. Oh. Yes. If I had five minutes for a lesson, I could do it. But let's get talking. Yeah, it's very good. It, it, although there's another one. I mean, which is like. Uh, um, a champagne bottle opening. I can't do it. Is that in Kosa? Yeah. Kosa? Oh, okay. I'll let you be the one who, say, who says it correctly. Um, can we start? All right. Uh, and where's the clock so I can watch time? All right, good. So... Uh, you were born in 1931. It was very interesting to me to uh, look at these dates and realize that you were a teenager when the uh, nationalists assumed power in 1948, which is, I mean, it's a tumultuous time in, yes. in a person's life anyway. And, uh, and I, I really want, for most of this hour we have together, to talk about your thinking now, and especially your religious thinking now, your, your spiritual sensibility and your theology. But I, I, I would just like to ask, um, just to paint a little bit of that picture, of, of, the, of the background of all of this. You know, if I ask you the question about apartheid and about what apartheid meant, I, just what did apartheid mean in how it shaped your life as a child and as mm -hmm. a teenager? What were the contours of that that you lived through? Of course, I mean, you, you would know that uh, kids adjust almost to anything. And, and when we are born into a setup, on the whole, you, 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 you accept. Yeah. Uh, but it, it was a life that was characterized by separation. Um, that's what that's what it means. Apartness, part, yes, yes, yes. apartheid. Uh, we lived in ghetto townships. 
almost always obviously deprived, poverty-stricken, with hardly any of the uh, amenities that you take for granted. Um, it was it was a, a great moment uh, in 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 the one township when uh, we had one street light, uh, um, and and then white people lived um, in town. Uh, and as you would expect, uh, town would be uh, much better planned, uh, paved st streets, uh, street lighting, libraries, cinemas, swimming pools. Um, and generally, I mean, you would see that... Uh, Things were of a better quality there mm -hmm. than in the township. But, I mean, I, I, I have to keep stressing that, you know, you, we didn't walk around uh, as we were feeling sorry for ourselves. When we enjoyed life, I mean, you played with your friends mm -hmm. <clears throat> and, um, well, this is how things pan out and this is how things pan out. But... Um, now and again, you did have uh, experiences that reminded you of your uh, second class, third class, fourth class uh, mm -hmm. citizenship, not even citizenship, because, I mean, you, you didn't have a vote, you didn't have anything of that kind, people, black people didn't. Um, I remember... I mean, my father was a, a, a school teacher, right. um, and so we were slightly better off than other people uh, in the township. So I had a, a, a bicycle, and I was the only kid with my own bicycle, uh, which I used uh, because my father used to send me into town to buy newspapers and, and things. And I, I still remember this. Um, the government provided school feeding for whites, <laughs> mm. white kids, uh, who on the whole didn't need it, uh, not for black kids uh, who needed it. Uh, and most of the white kids, almost all of the white kids, preferred the school lunches that their mummies prepared them. And I, I remember so vividly, they used to throw away the bread and the fruit that they got in, in school uh, when two black kids from, from our uh, township uh, were scavenging in the, in the white school dustbin, and, and they were getting... I mean, perfectly okay fruit, but uh, I still have that image um, <laughs> mm -hmm. as something that was indelibly impressed on me. And, and I, on that occasion, I think I must have felt this can't be okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um. Your father was 
uh, from the cultural and language group of the Xhosa. Yes. Xhosa. <clears throat> and I, I also understand, I mean, I know that there's a family tree and there are various circles, but Nelson Mandela also came from that universe. Yes. And it makes me wonder if there's something in that culture, that tongue, that history that somehow equipped both of you to go on decades later and play this role that you did in your country. I, I don't know whether that specifically, the, what may have uh, uh, given the Khosas that uh, prominence is, is that they were in, 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 the, in the Cape province. And so they uh, were the first, not quite the first, because the Sun people, the Bushmen and the Hottentots, uh, were the first to encounter whites when they, they came into the Cape. But the causes um, certainly didn't like the uh, intruders, okay. and and uh, they frequently resisted uh, the ad, uh, the advance by whites from the Western Cape towards the east, um, and there were several battles. I don't know that that could uh, have uh, worked itself into our in, into the genes of the causes so mm-hmm. that uh, <laughs> it just it is it's just that they they were the amongst the first to encounter whites and to resist as they were also the first to uh, be educated all right uh, and was some um is 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 that uh, tradition also woven into your Christian sensibility? Your is your Anglicanism also shaped by that? Well, actually, of course. Now you you've also got to add. You know, they recently did did a, a genome sequencing, uh, and and found that through my mother, I I'm I'm related to the Sun people. The, who are the earliest inhabitants of Southern Africa um. and, and, and probably some of the earliest uh, human beings. Uh, but, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All right. I don't know. I, don't, I, 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 I think, I mean, that um, the later resistance... Um, was because of various factors. Mm-hmm. You know, the people who influenced me, the schools that I went to, um, and getting, you know, at one time I, I, I worked for the World Council of Churches and mm-hmm. we were based in London. Uh, we were a, a team. I came from Africa. There was someone from uh, Taiwan, there was someone from Malaysia, um, someone from the States, and and then someone from Latin America, and he introduced me to uh, Latin American liberation theology, uh, uh, right. and all of the um, and 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 working for the 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 organization we worked for was called the. Um, Theological Education Fund mm-hmm. of the World Council of Churches. I I came to visit uh, for the first time in the United States and and here encountered black theology. 
So <laughs> all of that mix uh, was was a was a very significant uh, part of what uh, helped to open my eyes. Mm-hmm. And you know, as I steeped myself in your story, um, I I was so struck by the echoes of. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, theologically, both in yes. terms of your life and theology, the echoes and the parallels. And I, I had actually forgotten that, um, you know, we did a program on Bonhoeffer a few years ago, and I interviewed Martin Doblmeier, and that you were actually part of that project. We had your voice in that program talking about Bonhoeffer. But even before I knew about that direct link, um, there, you know, there are very strong echoes of this German theologian who... Um, eventually became involved in a plot to assassinate Hitler. And it, it seems like you also found yourself in a place and time where you had to, where you were called to a very extreme understanding of, you know, as the bracelet says, what Jesus yes. would do. Yeah, you, you know, obviously, I mean, when, when you, um, as you're living your life and you have this and that uh, influence, at the time when it happens, you you don't sit back and say, "Now this is this is a major influence, and it's going to turn me into this or that." Right. But you see, I I went uh, to train for the priesthood um, in a in a seminary that was run by a religious community, mm-hmm. and I learned there about the centrality of the spiritual, uh, and 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 one of my mentors was Trevor Huddleston, who was just an incredible human being. Uh, he, he had come from England and was a priest in Sophia Town, the black township uh, uh, to the west of uh, Johannesburg, uh, and and when the apartheid government wanted to destroy Sophia Town. He was amongst those who uh, resisted like nobody's business. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was fantastic. I mean, you know, he very compassionate, very gentle, very caring. Uh, and yet he'd also got this very strong side of opposing injustice and oppression. And, and those are people who touched my life uh, and mercifully, there isn't anything like the so-called self-made person. <laughs> right. You had <laughs> you had spiritual companions. Yes, I mean, there are more than there are more than that. I mean, there are people who helped to form me, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 then discovering that the Bible could be such dynamite. I mean, mm. it, it, I, I've subsequently used to say, uh, you know, if these white people had intended keeping us under, they shouldn't have given us the Bible. <laughs> you know, because, whoa, I mean... It's it's almost as if it is written um, specifically just for your situation. I mean, the many parts of it that that uh, were so germane, so utterly 
to the point for us. Uh, can you can you recall uh, one of those early discoveries of the, the Bible as dynamite? Some yeah. teaching that you suddenly saw as so relevant. Well, actually, it's right. The, the very first thing, I mean, uh, uh, when when you discovered that apartheid sought to uh, mislead people into believing that what gave value to human beings was a biological irrelevance, really, skin color or ethnicity. And, and, you, and you looked and you, you saw how the scriptures say it is because we are created in the image of God, mm. um, that each one of us is a God carrier that no matter what our physical circumstances may be, no matter how awful, uh, no matter how deprived you could be, it doesn't take away from you this intrinsic worth. It's a worth that, as it were, comes with a package. Mm. Uh, uh, and one saw just how significant it was. You know, I, I although I was a bishop, I, I, I was working now for the, work, for, for the Southern Council of Churches and had a small parish in Soweto. Uh, just how exhilarating it would get. The, most of my parishioners were just, I mean maybe uh, domestic workers, uh, not, not people who were very well educated, who, not people who were doing great jobs, uh, high pipe paying jobs. Uh, but I would say to them, you know, uh, Mama, when they ask, who are you? Uh, these uh, people who, the, the, you see, the white employer most frequently didn't use the person's name. They said the person's name was too difficult. And so mm -hmm. most Africans were, women would be called Annie, and most black men, uh, really, you were boy. Mm. Uh, and, and I would say to them, uh, when they ask, who are you? You say, me? I'm a God carrier. Hmm. I'm God's partner. I'm created in the image of God. And you could see those dearly old ladies as they walked out of church on, on that occasion, uh, as if they were they were on cloud nine, right. you know they, they they walked with their backs slightly straighter, uh, and and yeah, it was a, it was amazing. I mean, and, and you know, I think much of the world, and this has to do with my profession of journalism as well. Yeah, experienced the events in South Africa those decades leading up to uh, yeah. the end of apartheid, uh, primarily as a as a political 
as political happenings. But there was a great religious drama at the yes. heart of it, right? Um, so on the one hand, the church, the Dutch Reformed Church, the, the, the primary yes. church in South Africa, sanctioned and sustained apartheid up to near, near the end. And also, as you say, there was this parallel drama going on yeah. of religion, theology, the Bible, becoming a great force of liberation. Well, one, one, of, the, actually, one of the wonderful things was how, in fact, we had this interfaith cooperation, mm-hmm. uh, Muslims, uh, Christians, Jews, Hindus, um, that, and now, you know, when you hear people speak about, uh, disparagingly about, say, Islam, and you say, they've forgotten, I mean, that uh, that faith inspired people to create acts of courage. Um, and was and, was that building that coalition? Those friendships were they building in those latter decades of the twentieth century, up to? Well, we 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 you dis, you discovered. I mean, that the thing you were fighting against was too big for divided for divided churches mm-hmm. for divided a divided religious community, uh, and 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 each of the different. Uh, faith communities realized some of the very significant central teachings about the worth of a human being, about the unacceptability of injustice and oppression. Many times, actually, it was quite exhilarating. It was fun. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, and then there was that momentous occasion, I think, was it 1990 when there was the first conference in 30 years to bring together the Dutch Reformed leaders with yes. these other churches? And, um, and they, there was this heartfelt ap- apology. Um, and, you know, here's, here's what you, you said. Um, we have been on a kind of roller coaster ride. This is the 1990s, so things had started to break open, but uh, there was still a lot of potential for danger, right? And you said, uh, and I remember how moving this was for me when I first read it, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. Um, reaching the, we have been on a kind of roller coaster ride, reaching the heights of euphoria, that a new dispensation was, was virtually here, and then touching the depths of despair because of the mindless violence and carnage that seemed to place the whole negotiation process in considerable jeopardy. And just as we were recovering our breath, the god of surprises played his most extraordinary and incredible card. <laughs> Did I say that? You said that. It's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But isn't it amazing? Isn't it astonishing that that it was so astonishing, so surprising that there could be that kind of meeting of Christian minds and hearts? Well, I mean, God is a God of surprises. I mean, the uh, I've sometimes said uh, God's sense of humor is quite something. <laughs> You know, uh, because some some uh, I mean, one uh, uh, an illustration of the sort of craziness. The the 
they had dealt with somebody called Peyaz Nodia. He was an Afrikaner mm-hmm. who at one point uh, said, no, apartheid uh, can't be justified scripturally. And for this, he was uh, turfed out of his church. I mean, they, they, they expelled him because they said he was uh, a traitor. Uh, and so he, he joined up with blacks and others who were opposing. When freedom came, there was a road in Johannesburg that had been named after D.F. Malan, the first, the first, apart in 1948, Malan became the first nationalist okay. prime minister. And so they had this D.F. Malan uh, driveway. <laughs> in 19... 1994-1995, the name was changed to Bayes No Deer Highway. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you could could almost imagine them in heaven sort of rolling in the eyes. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but but even when you, when this apology was made, was it Professor Yonker who made the... And which was very dramatic, and but there was controversy within, also among yes, the religious people yes, around you, yes. because you accepted his apology, you forgave him. <laughs> well, it was probably being somewhat presumptuous. I mean, <laughs> re- accepting you don't be, uh, and I, I, I said, I mean, you, you can't just sit. Uh, here is someone, it's not easy to say sorry, you know, mm-hmm. as you probably know, or you don't. Uh, but I mean, it's, it's, it's one of the most difficult things in any language to say, I'm sorry. And here he was in this public uh, uh, arena. We were having this conference in Rustenburg. Um, and I I did turn to... Uh, Frank Chicano, where the time was the general secretary of the Southern Council of Church, and I said, man, you know, we can't just sit. One of us has got to respond to this. And he said, well, yes, okay, yes, you should. So I got up and I um, I accepted it and, uh, and said, I mean, you know, we we belong in a community that has a prayer that speaks about forgive us our sins as we mm. forgive. Uh, and it's going to be very tough when someone asks to be forgiven and, and we refuse to, to forgive. But many in the Black Dutch Reformed Church uh, were very upset because they said the White Dutch Reformed Church uh, had played ducks and drakes with them, mm. and mm. and this was almost letting them off right. uh, too lightly. Right, for so much <laughs> violence. Oh, I wonder in the years that followed, and in your experience of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, um, what did you learn about why, as you said? one of the hardest things for human beings to do is to say, I'm sorry. I mean, what did you learn about forgiveness 
three-dimensionally that you didn't know before? Well, one was that I, I, was, I was amazed, first of all, at how powerful an instrument it is being able to tell your story. You know, I suppose psychiatrists understand that better than we. Just being able to tell your story, you could see in the number of people who for so long had been sort of just anonymous, faceless, uh, non-entities, just being given the opportunity, did something to rehabilitate them. Mm. But mm. It, more than this, it actually was a healing thing. I, we were, we had a young man, a black young man, who who had been blinded by police action in his township, and he came to tell his story. When he finished, one of the panel, TRC panel, asked him, "Hey, how do you feel?" And a broad smile uh, broke over his face, and he was still blind, but he said. You've given me back my eyes, you know, uh, and 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 you know you you felt so humbled that uh, people could feel that that was how the healing for him uh, would have taken place. But you know, one of the things that constantly amazed us was the remarkable magnanimity of people. Mm. Uh, all people, black, white, Africans, and Americans. I, I mean, I think you know the story of Amy Beale. Right, the young uh, woman who was killed. You know, and Amy Beale was a Fulbright scholar who went to South Africa. She'd been very active in the anti-apartheid mm -hmm. movement here. On one occasion, she she was working at a university uh, in the Western Cape, <clears throat> and and she took a, a black colleague back home. She gave gave this person a lift in her car, and as these things sometimes happen, there was a demonstration uh, going on in the township uh, by a group that was somewhat extremist who had, as one of their slogans, one settler, one bullet. Uh, and they saw this car with a white uh, young woman chased, uh, and she got out of the car thinking she could outrun them. Uh, she didn't. They overtook her, and uh, uh, they stabbed her, stoned her, killed her quite gruesomely. Her parents came... Um, and supported the granting of amnesty to the young people who had right. who had killed him, killed their daughter. But with that, more than that, they founded the Amy Beale um, Foundation, which is still working in South Africa, and employed s some of these people mm. who had kind mm. of, I mean, human beings... Uh, can I mean can leave you speechless really by the remarkable things that they mm. I mean they can leave you speechless by the 
horrible things they do. Right. But they also leave you speechless with the incredible things. I mean, the generosity of spirit that people have. You would have. Th- I mean, you would think that sometimes there are things that are unforgivable, and you th- you say, I mean, no, 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 not this. And we saw so many times people who ought to have been bristling with bitterness and anger when they meet the perpetrator actually being able to embrace Mm. um, and you were asking about the difficulty yes it is difficult but and when we started we we looked at the legislation and 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 the legislation did not require a perpetrator who applied for amnesty to express even remorse it 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 just said that this thing should have happened within a prescribed period it should have been politically motivated um and all the whole thing about proportionality. And if those conditions were satisfied, the person is granted amnesty. And we we were very upset and said, but I mean, why not say they've got to say sorry or something? Right. But we discovered, I mean, that actually the legislators were a lot smarter because had they insisted that it was a condition to uh, get amnesty. Each time somebody said, I'm sorry, I'm very sorry, we would have said, ah, he's just putting that on. As it happened, despite the fact that it was not a requirement, when, when people were applying for amnesty, almost always they would turn to the victims or the, the survivors or the family, if the person had been killed, and they would turn to them and say, please, we know it's very difficult, but please forgive. Uh, and, and as I say, al- almost always the victims would. And, um, you know, in, in conversations I, I've had across the years with people who are around the Truth and Reconciliation Commission or involved in it, they, they also talk, though, about it was truth and reconciliation, and that those are different things, and that yeah. they also learned about the distance that has to be walked between truth and even forgiveness and and reconciliation, which seems to be so much yeah. to need so much time. And I, I wonder where your your thinking and your experiences now on that on uh, has reconciliation come to South Africa, or what yes. what is the process that's playing itself out yes. now? I, I've always uh, given people the example uh, when they ask that question, as they would, I mean, ask, have you achieved reconciliation? And I say, just look at Germany. West Germany and East Germany were separated maybe, let us say, 50 years. Mm-hmm. Um they speak the same language, they are the same ethnic group, 
go to Germany even today mm-hmm. and and uh, ask, has reunification helped? Are you reconciled? And it's amazing, I mean, to discover that uh, they are still alienated from one another. Now, that's people speaking the same language. There's mm-hmm. people who have been separated for about 50 years. We had this separation, uh, political separation, for right. three centuries. And it was a much more violent three, and three, brutal three, separation. Uh, about 300 years. We now have an, uh, 11 official languages. Right. So you right. can see, right. I mean, how many ethnic groups we have. To have expected that uh, we would achieve reconciliation uh, is the height of naivety, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, the, the, the act that set up the Truth and Reconciliation Commission um, has as its title the promotion of national unity and reco- and re- reconciliation. Mm. It's the promotion. Right, right, right. It doesn't say the achievement. It's a process you're setting in motion. <laughs> uh, that uh, reconciliation is a process. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not something that is just an event. Mm-hmm. Um, and we constantly were saying it is a national project mm. where every South African has to make their contribution and it is a process. Not even the best commission could have achieved it for us. And how, I, I, for me, although I, I, I don't know how to analyze this, but it seems obvious that there is a lot of violence in South African society right now. And that that violence is connected, as you say, to these 300 years that couldn't possibly be resolved yeah. by the commission. I mean, how do you think about what's happening now and that as part of this I don't know, project? Yes. I think, I mean, that we have very gravely underestimated the damage that apartheid inflicted on all of us. You know, um, the damage to our psyches, uh, the damage uh, that has made... I've often told people a story that... I mean, it shocked me. Uh, I, I went to Nigeria when I was working for the World Council of Churches, and... I was due to fly to Jos, north in in, in the northwest, and, and and so I go to Lagos Airport, and I get onto the plane, and the two pilots in the cockpit are both black, and. I, I, I just grew inches, you know. It was fantastic because we had been told that blacks can't do this. Right. And we, 
we take we have a smooth takeoff and then we hit the mother and father of turbulence i mean we it was it was quite awful uh scary do you know i can't believe it but the first thought that came to my mind was hey there's no white men in that cockpit are those blacks going to be able to make it you know and well of course they obviously made it here i am <laughs> uh, but the thing is i had not known that i was damaged to the extent of thinking that somehow actually what those white people we had kept drumming into us in south africa about our being inferior about our being incapable uh, that it, it had lodged somewhere right. in me right and and so whilst we have had this process which was an important process we wouldn't be where we are without it we certainly are needing a great deal more the most important being a recognition that we are damaged mm-hmm. we are wounded uh, wounded people we 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 accepted it to some extent i mean the commission realized that uh, we were not a cut above fellow south africans uh, we were but wounded healers uh, and you know we 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 used to make sure when we had these public hearings that the furniture that demonstrated it we we didn't sit on a platform higher than mm, the mean, victims you're saying we the black and colored majority of yes, south africa yes. yes but i mean um, the, the the commission the commission was made up of all sorts right. and uh, kinds and sorts uh, but we 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 deliberately mm-hmm. said we we sit on a level mm-hmm. with the victims and that healing that that deep reconciliation is is going to be the work of generations i mean You know, I think a lot these days about how I think the West needs at some point to reckon with colonialism, which, as you say, it's not just 50 years of apartheid. It's 300 years. Yeah. And um, it's so ironic because also Western support for South Africa had to do with South Africa as a bulwark against communism. And we, for- <laughs> we, we I mean, and here I'm saying we in the West have forgotten this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well... you know when things get rough and of and you know when you, we 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 also forget that we've been free for only about 16 20 um, 16 years yeah. 1994 and how long have you been free Three, 300 years right. something and you you look and you say i mean you know when katrina happened it it revealed the fractures in your society uh, that i mean you we had a civil war in there and lots yeah, of 
Lots of messiness and violence. We, I've, I've sometimes said, well, you know, the, the history of, of Europe, of the West, uh, gives me a great deal of hope. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, when you think that you've had two world wars, mm-hmm. you've produced the Holocaust, you've <laughs> produced ethnic cleansing, you've had, you've had dictatorships, I mean, in Spain, in Portugal, mm-hmm. in, in Greece. Um, Fascism in the most civilized country in Western <laughs> Europe, yes. So I say, I mean, and look now, I mean, how you have advanced. Uh, uh, so th- there's hope for us. <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> I, I wonder also, you were, is it right, you were 63 years old when you voted for the first time. What was that like? How do you describe falling in love? <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I mean, people asked then, and when we voted for the first time, it was an, an incredible experience. It was a, for, 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 for you going to the ballot box is really a political act. For us, it was, a religious act. It was a spiritual mm. experience um, because you know you walked, you walked into into the polling booth, one person, with all of the history of oppression and injustice and and all the baggage that we were carrying, and you walk and you you. You make your mark and you put the ballot into the box, and you emerge on the other side, and you you are a different person. Mm. You are transfigured. Mm. You now you actually count mm. in your own country. Uh, you hey. <laughs> I mean, it, it really was a cloud nine experience. But it was the same, I, I think, for white people in South Africa. Was up to that point, in a real sense, the, 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 the elections that they'd had were a charade, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. In, so they were experiencing a real election, a real vote for the first time as well. Yes, I mean, that they, they you know, I mean... We had this extraordinary experience that in the lines, uh, and as you know, I mean, the lines went on for a long, long, mm. long, long, long time. In those lines where, for the first time, you had people of different races. Previously, if if you had to have lines, whites stood in on one side, blacks on the other. Here we were. And I think, I mean, people began... They made a a huge scientific discovery that, hey, we are the same. I mean, you know, as they were Mm. talking, they discovered that this father, all that he wants is to be able to live in in, in, in a safe environment. He wants to have a decent home. He wants to have a good job. 
He wants his children to have a good school. He happens to be black. And this mother says much the same thing, and she she happens to be white. And, and that, right. Right. yeah, hey, they discovered that we are human beings together. Yeah. Uh, but it was it was an amazing. I mean, you. You went around. I mean, you were waiting. I don't know. You were waiting for the sky, <laughs> uh, because the the sky was a blue that it had never been before. Mm-hmm. You know, and and people were 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 just looking so gorgeous, uh, and 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 I mean, you you we were walking on air. Mm. You know, it, it, it was just, it was just an incredible day. It was an, it was a day when, yeah. We. We were transformed from. Ciphers. <laughs> into. Mm. Persons. Mm. Yeah. Hold that. I think we should change tapes right now. Can we do that quickly? Are Sorry. we done? We're all, no, we have 15 more minutes. I have 15 more minutes with you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I do realize you're supposed to be on retreat. I'm supposed to be holidaying. I know. I mean, Tom, well, I mean, Tom had thought that she, they were going to give me a nice... They were giving us a nice weekend off, and Tom. Well, I think this was your office, actually. Tom, <laughs> no. I'm not sure I'm gonna. Let, oh, did Tom twist your arm? Tom, weekend yet? It's Friday. <laughs> I I promise this will be an enjoyable 15 minutes, and I. No, no, no. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm liking what I'm doing, but uh, I know, I do know. I'm I wanted sorry. to go and sleep. I know. <laughs> no, no, that's lovely. Oh. Um. All right. Let's. Uh, I want to do take these take advantage of these last fifteen minutes. Um. You know, one thing that are we ready? Are we ready? Okay. One thing that. I feel also runs throughout your writing is uh, is how freedom, politi- freedom in terms of politics. I mean, this freedom to vote is absolutely something that you you demanded and needed to demand, and yet you also knew people across the years who were free while they were imprisoned, and there's also the specter now of people who are politically free but not not free in, I don't know, maybe the deepest Christian sense, for example. Um, yes. So I wonder, you know, if you'd reflect a little bit on what, you, what you've learned about the limits of politics. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, you've got prepositions. The, 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 the preposition from. You are free mm. from, and then you are free for we have we have got to being free from which turns out to be one of the 
slightly easier things to get to do, although it, <laughs> it took so long. Yes. The f- being free for, I tell you, is tough. You know... Uh, so what is the freedom for what that you now wish for, for your people? I think many of us who were involved, we often, I often say, you know what? We didn't struggle in order just to change the complexion of those who sit in the union buildings. The union buildings are something like your I mean, capital and mm-hmm. so on, yeah. Um, it wasn't to change the complexion. It was to change the quality of our community, mm. society, that we, we wanted to see a society that was that was a compassionate society, uh, you know, a caring society, uh, a society where you might not necessarily be madly rich, but you <clears throat> you knew that you you counted, mm-hmm. and I don't <clears throat> sorry, <clears throat> I don't think I don't think we've got. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, we've got a number of the things, uh, sort of material, political things. Um, not all of them. I mean, we we have levels of poverty at home that uh, are unacceptable. Uh, there's a crime. There's right. there's disease. Um, but we. St- we still do not, I think, have the kind of place where you say, I really am proud to be here. I really, I know that even when I, I, I don't have a big bank balance, uh, I count, I matter. Mm-hmm. We haven't, I don't think we haven't got the... Um, what we have found is is that um, original sin uh, actually doesn't know very much about uh, racial discrimination. Mm. Original sin infects all of us. Mm. I mean, when you see how so soon, I mean, people have become corrupt, um, often, I mean, in ostentatious ways, I mean, they, they, they become very rich, there are people who have become very rich, some uh, in, in legal, acceptable ways, others not. Uh, uh, right. And, it, yeah, it, it leaves you feeling sad, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've also been done some strange things with regard to some of our foreign policy decisions, mm-hmm. you, you know. Um, 
Yeah, so that there's the <laughs> politics does have its oh. dark side. You know, words that you use like hope and hope as opposed to optimism. I'm with you there that it's different. And goodness, which is in the title of this new book you've written with your daughter Mapa. Let's say as a journalist, it's very hard to make those words as interesting and to make those words and the people you're pointing at and the situations that are attached to those words, to make them seem as telling, as substantial, as violence, injustice, evil, war. Have you thought about that? Uh, Well, yeah. I mean, that's the... uh, Maybe... They are not always uh, easy to define. Um, but I, I have to say, you know, um, if you are devoid of hope, then roll over and... and, and mm disappear quietly. Uh, Hope says, man, hey, things can, things will be better because God has intended for it to be so. You know? uh, That at no point will evil and injustice and oppression uh, and all of the negative things have the last word. Uh, and as we try to point out in this book with uh, Paul, yes, I mean, there's no question about the reality of evil, of injustice, of suffering. But, you know, at the, at the center of this existence is a heart beating with love. You know, that you and I And all of us are incredible. I mean, we really are remarkable things that we are, as a matter of fact, made for goodness. Uh, And it's not not just a smart aleck thing to say. Uh, It's it's just, it's, it's a fact. I mean, because all of us, even when we have degenerated, no, no, I mean that uh, the wrong isn't what we should be, mm-hmm. isn't what we should be doing. Uh, that fantastic. I mean, we really are amazing. You know, you told a story at a conference in 1990 about a man 
during the apartheid era in a, his village that had been demolished. People were being uprooted, and he prayed, thank you, God, for loving us. And you wrote, <laughs> I've never understood that prayer. But I think people might look at you and the life you've lived and also, you know, the bad things that continue to happen in South Africa and all yeah. in the rest of the world <laughs> and say, this guy says the, this is a moral universe. And there's this line that you've just echoed. You've written this so many times. God is in charge. And they might also say, how can he say that? I mean, tell me, you've been saying God is in charge for a long time, for decades. <laughs> and so... What do you mean when you say that? And has what that means to you, has that changed? Has that evolved? Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, you must add that I've sometimes said to God, it would, be, it would be nice for you to make it slightly more obvious that you're in charge. <laughs> but don't you believe this? I mean, when you, when you've been, when you, when you are, when you encounter somebody good, just take the Dalai Lama. Right, your friend, the Dalai yes. Lama. Yes, just take the Dalai Lama. Now, this is someone who's been in exile for over fifty years. How should he really be? I mean, he's, he's missing his beloved Tibet. He's missing his people. He's been made to live a life that he wouldn't really want to live. Uh, by rights, I mean, when you meet him, you expect somebody who is bitter, who, uh, if you mention the Chinese, uh, will wish the worst possible to happen to them. But you meet him, he's, he's actually quite mischievous. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's, he's fun, he's laughing, and people flock to hear him. And, 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 and you know, I mean, he, he doesn't even speak English properly, you know. <laughs> And they still flock to hear him. So, so I'm not. I'm not. No, no. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I must tell you, I'm not. No, no. I'm not. Actually, I'm not jealous. But I, mean, <laughs> I mean, look at the number. I mean, he can fill Central Park. Mm -hmm. So, the, you know, this is another question I, I wanted to ask you. I've talked about, you know, how has your sense of reconciliation and, uh, developed, and you know, how has your sense of Christian truth? you know, evolved through experiences you've had coming out of apartheid with the Nobel Peace Prize. For example, your friendship with the Dalai Lama, this great Tibetan Buddhist yeah. leader. What's that? Do you, that? do you really think that God would say, Dalai Lama, you really are a great guy, man? Sure. What a shame you are not a Christian. <laughs> I somehow don't think so. Mm -hmm. I I think I mean God is just thrilled uh, because no faith, not even the Christian faith, can ever as to encompass God. I mean, or, or even be able to communicate who God is. God. 
Only God can do that. And this is a big subject to introduce right here at the end, but it does, does it strike you the irony that in many ways the British were very complicit in these 300 years that your country yeah, is now yeah. recovering from, and you are an archbishop in the Anglican Church. Um, Isn't that an example of God's sense of humor? It's really, it's really amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. And I'm also very intrigued because that church now globally is very divided over issues of sexuality, and you have applied your experience in apartheid in a pretty provocative way um, yes. in terms of where you come out on that. The, the, the Anglican Church is, is a fantastic communion. It really is wonderful. I mean, at, at our best, I mean, it's a very untidy uh, bunch of people uh, because, you know, what is the line of command? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's made up of autonomous groupings of churches with with the Archbishop of Canterbury, uh, a spiritual head, but he has, uh, outside of England, right. he has no uh, legal... Well, and now author- the African church is going to lead into the future. And- well, you know, uh, there are, yes, there are, there are, Many um, in, in, in Africa, in the Anglican Church there, who, who hold views that I wouldn't hold myself um, over this. Uh, and, and I've often said, it's, it, what a shame. I mean, well, really, what a disgrace that the Church of God, in the face of so much suffering, in the world, in the face of conflict, of corruption, of all of the awful things. What is our obsession? Our obsession is not ministering to a a world that is aching. Our obsession is about sexual orientation. I'm sure, I mean, that the Lord of this church, looking down at us, must weep and say, just, what did I do wrong now? Uh, Because our, our, our church has been, in many ways, wonderful. I mean, you know, in, in, in its, being comprehensive. It, right, it, it, right, right, right. It, it's something that we've boasted about, the comprehensiveness of our church, where we say we hold points of view that are often diametrically opposed, right. but we remain in the same family. So your work continues, your work of reconciliation. and No, I'm retired. <laughs> Well, you know, I have, I have to say that in my notes preparing for this one, my young producer wrote, <laughs> he keeps saying he wants to relax more. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell that that's going very well, but I 
I do wish that for you, and I am so grateful that you made this time for us. So I want to thank you, Desmond Tutu. It's been a real honor. Thank you. Mm. You've been you've been very nice. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I try. Yeah. I do want to ask you a question. We're we're done with the interview, but in terms of music, we like to layer in. Um, you know, one thing I love about radio is you can evoke the many layers of religious and spiritual experience, which is about a lot more than talking. And music is important. And I, the, I've seen this reference to the great hymn that I believe you and your wife had at your 50th anniversary, what, some kind of celebration. Is that right? Yes. Is that an important piece of music for you with that? Now, which one was that? The great hymn? Which oh, one is it? Yes. Tzigani. Yes. Oh, Yes. Well, well, well. You know what? We'll we'll find it. I just I just wondered if that that is a, an important piece of music. It's lovely. Yes. It's lovely. Okay. Anything else? Yeah. All right. Is that? Are you speaking Kosa? Is that what you're speaking? Kosa. Kosa. All right. All right. Thank you so much. So you've got a bit of Kosa on your find it. on your we tape. We can find it. Yes. 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 I had it. I'm sorry you couldn't sing that for me, but I wasn't expecting it. Eh, Well, that's beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I do hope you might enjoy those dried mangoes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, of course. I didn't have a. Uh, I didn't. Thank you. <laughs>